This recording begins with a reading of the Gospel of the Day. That will be followed by the homily from Father Paul O'Brien. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciple, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish but to fulfill. Amen, I said to you, until heaven on earth has passed away, not the smallest letter or the smallest part of the letter will pass from the law until all things have taken place. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do so will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever obeys and teaches these commandments will be called greatest in the kingdom of heaven. I tell you, unless your rationness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said to your ancestor, you shall not kill, and whoever kills will be liable to judgment. But I said to you, whoever is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, will be answerable to the Sanhedrin. And whoever says, you fool, will be liable to a fierce Jehenna. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, and there recall that your brother has anything against you, leave your gift there at the altar, go first and be reconciled with your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Settle with your opponent quickly while on the way to court. Otherwise, your opponent will hand you over to the judge, and the judge will hand you over to the guard, and you will be thrown into prison. Amen, I said to you, you will not be released until you have paid the last, the last penny. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I said to you, everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eyes causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than to have your whole body thrown into Gehenna. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than to have your whole body go to, into Jehenna. It is also said, whoever divorces his wife must give her a bill of divorce. But I said to you, whoever divorces his wife, unless the marriage is unlawful, causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to your ancestor, do not, do not take a false oath, but make good to the Lord all that you vow. But I said to you, do not swear at all, no by heaven, for it is God's throne, no by earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Do not swear by your head, for you cannot make a single hair white or black. Let your yes mean yes, and your no mean no. Anything more is from the evil one.
the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Those first two readings we heard from Sirach and Psalm 119, which you sang beautifully, are both Old Testament expressions of praise to God from people who are sincere, mature, I don't know what age they are, they could be 13 for all I know, but they're spiritually mature and they are happy. They praise God for God's law and commandments. Our Jewish ancestors know intensely that of all the people on the planet, God has entered into relationship with them and has revealed to them laws and commandments so they can know what is good and what is evil. They can make the choice to live what's good and grow in holiness. They can make the choice to reject what's evil and grow away from sinfulness. Even when it's challenging, the people who express those praise of, praises of God in those passages, they believe that God's laws and commandments are wonderful because they ultimately lead to love, to God, to fellowship with other people, to fulfillment. Jesus Christ is the full and final revelation of God. Jesus is God who becomes a human being. In the passage we just heard from Matthew 5, Jesus is talking about our Old Testament, all the Jewish law and the prophets, and he says, I have not come to abolish them, I've come to fulfill them. Jesus enters into every truth that God has revealed prior to him. He blows it open in the best possible way. He gets deeper, he tells us more about how to live, he opens up the fullness of truth. Jesus says, I'm paraphrasing in that passage, that once you've had the blessing of knowing that he's the son of God and hearing his truth, you have to make a choice. You either put it into practice or you reject putting it into practice. He says to those people 2,000 years ago and to us if we're Christian, your righteousness, your living truth must be greater than the scribes and the Pharisees, Jewish leaders at his time. I'm pretty sure in the context of this passage, he means, he's not criticizing them, these are people who just have the Old Testament law. If you're an authentic disciple of Jesus, you have immeasurably more. You have to be living a holier, more just life than other people, or you can't be part of his kingdom. We are supposed to be very different than other people who have not received the truth in Jesus. If you open up that passage, which you better or I will hunt you down this week, so just take a picture, click on it on our social media. When you, it's a long passage. When you read that passage from Matthew 5, you'll see that Jesus has four big teachings, presumably originally separate, but they're related, in which he cites the Old Testament, he gets deeper about the realities that the Old Testament law was addressing, and he opens up a broader understanding of how to experience the truth. Given the limitations of time, we only have 35, 45 minutes for this homily, I will just focus on the first teaching, but perhaps this is a model for what you can do with the others this week. I'm picking this one because it's something that almost all of us are dealing with, which is anger. Anger was an issue before Jesus. Anger was an issue at the time of Jesus. Anger is a huge issue in our time and place. So Jesus says, you have heard from the Old Testament that you were taught, the commandment is, you shall not kill. Murder, taking the life of an innocent person. 
anyone who kills is liable to judgment by God. Jesus says, but I, Jesus, tell you, whoever is angry is liable to judgment. Whoever with his brother, meaning any other person, not just your biological brother, who is angry and says, I believe the word raka basically, it means empty-headed, but I think it's like you idiot attacking the person in anger. Uh, whoever says this, or you fool, was that the second one? Is liable to judgment. Pretty straightforward to get from the get-go. Jesus is saying the root issue here is anger. If you address your anger and learn how to live it in God, you're not going to murder anyone. I think that's pretty fair. So the commandment in the Old Testament, thou shall not kill, thou shall not murder, the deeper issue the Son of God lifts up, whether it's physical murder or any other kind of violence, unjust violence, is anger. Anger is a primal, natural human emotion. Anger is neither good nor bad. Anger is my reaction, my really deep negative reaction, when I perceive that something significantly wrong is going on. I perceive that there is something wrong and that this needs to be changed. That's anger. To repeat, neither good nor bad. It's absolutely fine. The emotion of anger. It's what I do with anger that is either good or evil that has me on the path of holiness or on the path of sinfulness. What I encourage you to do this week, and I really urge you to do this as couples, as families, this is a great opportunity. In any relationship you have that's supposed to be centered on Christ, I invite you to consider what you think a Christian should do with anger. Again, I don't think we need any more data on this. Our society is flying around with anger. I think COVID did a big number on us. I think much more anger is being lived in sinful ways by many of us because of just the wildness of COVID. I think that the political unrest in this country and the social unrest, much of which is rooted in responding to injustice, has had so much sinful anger connected with it. I think it's really done a number on us. I think our political leaders who are so nasty to one another, who don't have basic maturity about how you handle anger, I think they're doing a number on us. I think social media, obviously, the maliciousness with which we treat one another is doing a number on us. And I think the fact that we entertain ourselves with violence, including little kids being entertained with violence, I think it's doing a number on us. So I encourage you to consider honestly what to do. Jesus says first and foremost in that passage, get at it right away. Again, I'm paraphrasing it. If you're bringing your gift to the altar, which is a really good thing to do, honoring God, and you realize your brother has something against you, you've done something wrong, put your gift down, go and address it, and then bring your gift to the altar. I encounter so many people, including children, the monsters, I encounter so many people who say, I have anger issues, and that's it. I'm an angry person. I have, I have kids who tell me, I have anger issues. Why well, have breaking and entering issues? <laughs> I think we should do something about it. I have manufacturing and distribution of controlled substance issues. Eh, it's who I am. Ridiculous. 
you have to get at it. So I'm going to give you an example of what I encourage you to do this week. Make your list of how you believe a Christian should handle anger. I'll give you my draft, and you can make up your own. It's going to be five quick points. This is for children and all the more for adults. Number one, take a timeout. If someone comes in here and attacks you right now, I am going to be angry and I'm going to respond right away. I have to. But in most situations, take a timeout. Stop. Shut your mouth. Do not press send. Get away from that keyboard. Do not make a comment. Get out of the room. Give yourself a timeout. Do not act out of active anger. When I'm angry, I can really feel it. And even if it's just the keyboard, I know I should not do this, and then I hit send, let alone I hit my wife. Give yourself a timeout. Number two, make clear to yourself what is happening here, what in fact is happening here. I very often get angry, and I find out I have limited information. There's more to the story. I'm about to act, but it turns out subsequently I learn there are many more facts at hand. I can get angry and find out that what I've been told is absolutely false. I'm getting, I mean, we have a country in which people killed one another at the United States Capitol out of anger about stolen elections that were not stolen. That's what we've become. So what factually has taken place, and where am I in this? What is my active connection to this situation and other people's connection? Still with me here? Number three, honestly before God, what are my options for doing something good, something of Christ? that I can recognize, I believe he would do this, to respond to this situation. What can I do that is good and true to address the reality about which I'm angry? Often, there's a big list. I have some real choices. Often, I have no choices because I'm not really connected with this or there is nothing good I can do. Often, I realize I have nothing to do actually with this situation. We still have so many of us watching anger TV on anger social media, angry, angry, angry about realities to which we have no connection. And we just seethe in our anger. And of course it comes out in terrible ways. Number four, thank you. We're getting toward five kids. Number four, honestly, before God, talk to God directly about this. These are my temptations, my inclinations, my free options for doing evil in this situation, for doing what's wrong. I could hit someone. I could do malicious things to someone. I could do X, Y, and Z, honestly, and children can do this. What are my evil options? Number five, Choose the good. Reject the evil. Choose to do what is good and true with your anger in this situation. 
This is not asking too much. We are not barbarians. We're Christians. God gives us the strength to live what is good. God gives us the strength to live holy lives. Choose what's good. And if there's a passion involved in that, if you're very frustrated, if you really want to punch the person, if you really want to scream, don't do it. You are not an animal. You're a human being. Behave like a human being. Live the power of Jesus. Every one of us can do it. He gives us the grace to do it. We reject him or we accept him. We're supposed to be so different from other people on this planet. We're supposed to be so different than other people in this crazy country. We are supposed to be disciples of Jesus. We're supposed to be Roman Catholic people who live his love and are happy. You have been listening to Father Paul O'Brien, pastor of St. Patrick Parish in Lawrence, Massachusetts. For more information about the parish and to get involved, please go to stpatrickparish.com or follow us on social media. Thank you for listening.